Hello and welcome to my podcast, Does It Make Sense Living in Fear, a podcast about finding hope. It's time to talk about the science of climate change, and we're going to talk about the runaway greenhouse effect. That is, a little bit of CO2 is going to heat the earth up a little bit, and then all of a sudden we're going to have feedbacks, and then the temperature of earth's surface is just going to wildly go up exponentially to something like the surface temperature of Venus. As the argument goes, Venus was once like Earth. Somehow their atmosphere got full of CO2, and now they're experiencing a surface temperature of something over 800 degrees Fahrenheit. Our use of fossil fuels is putting us at risk for this happening. Does this even make sense? Now, the reality of this, it's very unlikely, under the most unusual of circumstance, for us to ever turn into Venus. And we're gonna go through this step by step. So let's talk about the runaway greenhouse effect that's happening on Venus and whether this could actually happen on Earth. But before we get into this, let's talk about the 97% of scientists that believe that humans are warming the Earth because that's always something that a Greta and a gory monster are gonna throw at us. I have some exciting news. We are going to be debating Greta and AGM on the possibility that Earth could slip into a runaway greenhouse effect. Time to do our homework and get prepared. Greta and AGM use rhetoric. For example, 97% of scientists agree that climate change is real. That's a rhetorical argument, not a factual argument. However, you can use their logic against them because that means that 3% of scientists do not agree mankind is warming the earth. So if there are 100,000 scientists, for example, that means 3,000 scientists do not think that mankind is warming the earth. That's one way or one strategy of dealing with a rhetorical argument. It's important to keep in mind that science is rigorous. You can understand this by a quote from Albert Einstein when he was confronted with someone telling him that hundreds of physicists did not agree in the theory of relativity. Einstein said it only takes one scientist or one person to prove him wrong. Science relies on a very rigorous process called the scientific method. So let's get back to the runaway greenhouse effect and the danger of us slipping into being like Venus. First of all, Venus's surface temperature is something like over 850 degrees Fahrenheit. Earth's temperature is about 59 degrees Fahrenheit. So we are cold. And Venus is very hot. Let's look at Venus's atmosphere. It's 90% carbon dioxide. Earth's atmosphere is 420 parts per per million, which equates to 0.042%. So lots more carbon dioxide in Venus's atmosphere. The question is, how long would it take for us to accumulate that much of uh, carbon dioxide? That's assuming that carbon dioxide is the source of the warmth of planet Venus and many scientists suggest that it's not. What it is, is Venus's atmosphere is very, very thick. Venus's atmosphere is about 350 kilometers in thickness. Earth's atmosphere is about 60 kilometers in thickness. The difference is about 130 miles. Not only that, because of the thicker atmosphere in Venus, it exerts a huge amount of pressure. So the amount of pressure that Earth uh, exerts on the surface is one bar, or 14.5 PSI. 
the pressure of Venus's atmosphere is 92 bar, 92 times more pressure than Earth, Earth's atmosphere. So that pressure equates to, on Venus, 1,350 pounds per square inch. I want you to think about you're sleeping in a very cold bed. It's about 40 degrees Fahrenheit, and you just have a sheet covering you. What are you going to do to keep yourself warm? You're going to get very thick blankets to wrap around you to try to keep you warm. And those blankets are retaining the heat that's being generated from your body. This is what many scientists think is happening with Venus. We're going to talk about the carbon band saturation effect in another episode, but there is a certain amount of CO2 that's once added doesn't add any more greenhouse effect. In fact, at 420 ppm, we're very near that point of saturation. So what explains the surface temperature of Venus is its thick atmosphere, which again is 130 miles thicker than Earth's atmosphere. What would it take for Earth's atmosphere to become as thick as Venus's atmosphere? Many climate activists point to Dr. James Hansen as the scientist that is the justification for their fears that we could have a runaway greenhouse effect. In James Hansen's article titled, Making Things Clearer, Exaggeration, Jumping the Gun, and the Venus Syndrome, written in on the 15th of April, 2013, there is a section called Runaway Greenhouse. And this is what he says. Runaway Greenhouse. Quote, Venus today has a surface pressure of about 90 bars compared with one bar on Earth. The Venus atmosphere is mostly CO2. The huge atmospheric depth and CO2 amount are the reason Venus has a surface temperature of nearly 500 degrees centigrade. Many scientists would disagree that it's the CO2 that's contributing to the heat that Venus is experiencing on its surface. But even Dr. James Hansen acknowledges that it is very difficult to cool a planet when the atmosphere is so thick. Hansen goes on to state, Earth Quote, Earth can achieve Venus-like conditions in the sense of 90 bar surface pressure only after first getting rid of its ocean via escape of hydrogen to space. And he goes on to explain those conditions, which are highly unlikely, by the way, if not impossible. In fact, does it make sense that we would lose all of our oceans? It doesn't make sense to me. After his scientific mumbo jumbo that seems to be somewhat convoluted, he goes on to state, and this is an abbreviated uh, quotation because I've left out the scientific mumbo-jumbo. If Earth's lower atmosphere did warm enough to cause this, the oceans to be lost to space, so Venus-like conditions would occur, specifically in 90-bar surface pressure, he states, are only plausible on billion-year timescales. He goes on to state, is it possible... With the present surface pressure of one bar for Earth's surface to become so hot that the pl planet is practically uninhabitable by humans. That is the situation I de depicted in storms of my grand grandchildren, which was presumed to be a consequence of burning all fossil fuels over a period of several centuries. Is that something we have to be worried about? And why would he have it titled about the storms that my grandchildren are going to be experiencing? when he admits how long it's going to take to burn 
all of the fossil fuels, that's all of the wood, all of the oil, all of the gas, that is a lot of fossil fuel to burn. And he's right to think that it's going to take several centuries to be able to achieve that. So does this support the possibility of a runaway greenhouse effect? I don't think so. He goes on to state, quote, The concept of a runaway greenhouse effect was introduced by considering a highly idealized situation with specific tropospheric, atmospheric, and simple approximations for atmospheric radiation and clouds and including them and not including them, and so on and so forth. He says, quote, More recent studies relax some of the idealizations and are sufficient to show that Earth is not now near a runaway situation. So it's going to take centuries or billions of years, and currently there is no threat of a runaway greenhouse gas effect. That's my interpretation of what he's saying. You really have to ask the question, why is he being so ambiguous and why he isn't being straightforward? He seems to be very, very, very conflicted. For example, near the end, he states, at least one sense in storms, that book he wrote, will need to be corrected in the next edition. Even with burning of all fossil fuels, the tropical ocean does not boil. Someone needs to tell that to Al Gore. But it is not an exaggeration to suggest, based on best available scientific evidence, that burning all fossil fuels, let me repeat this condition so that it is totally understood and appreciated, that burning all fossil fuels, okay, that's the condition, could result in the planet being not only ice-free, but human-free. I don't know how he's connecting the dots on that at all. Does what he says make sense? It's sounding like he's talking about a highly unlikely event, and he's admitted it's going to take centuries to burn all fossil fuels, if not longer. And he doesn't consider that CO2 just doesn't stay put in the atmosphere CO2 is a source of all life. This is how life forms get their carbon. Trees breathe in CO2 and expel oxygen. CO2 is absorbed into the oceans. Calcium carbonate produces limestone. Calcium carbonate is used by sea creatures to create their seashells. CO2 is used by phytoplankton. Tons and tons of CO2 are being pulled out of the ocean to support all of life on the planet. And we're going to be talking about this, how CO2 in the atmosphere is making our planet greener. CO2 is green. Plants love it. So James Hansen is just ignoring that fact entirely. Be that as it may, is there any realistic danger that he's pointing out? Not that I can see. So I think we're ready for our great debate between a gory monster and Greta Thorn on my side burger. You're listening to the podcast, Does It Make Sense Living in Fear? A podcast about finding hope. Welcome, Greta Thorne and my sideburger and a gory monster to this great debate. I just want to state for the record that you're a climate denier and that 97% 
of scientists believe that is going to lead to catastrophic consequences where the possibility of us achieving Venus's temperature and all mankind would be wiped out in a massive extinction event is possible. Yes, I agree with this. We only have a very short time left. We could reach a tipping point, and that would be the end of all of us. And my future as a human being and as a young person is wiped out because of you. You and your inaction. Shame on you. So are you saying that 97% of all scientists agree that we're in danger of a runaway greenhouse effect? Because I just don't think that's true. That isn't what they said. They said that human activity is warming the earth, but they don't say by how, how much. According to James Hansen, who is a real climate scientist, he has said even in congressional hearings that this is really possible, that Earth's atmosphere could become as hot as Venus's atmosphere and Earth's surface could become as hot as Venus's surface. Over the last 100 years or so, the concentration of CO2 in our atmosphere has increased from 286 ppm to 420 ppm. And this could have catastrophic consequences in terms of the warming of the planet where we would have a runaway greenhouse effect. This would make our planet unlivable. What is the concentration of CO2 in Venus's atmosphere? I don't know, but Earth is at real risk of, of being at that concentration. The concentration of CO2 in Venus's atmosphere is 96%. What is the percentage of CO2 in Earth's atmosphere? We are putting billions, if not trillions, of CO2 into the atmosphere. And it's going to take billions of years to burn all of that CO2 and absorb that CO2 out of the atmosphere. So I think right now that concentration may be at 5 or 10% with the danger of it achieving 80 or 90% and us being like the planet of Venus. The current concentration of CO2 in Earth's atmosphere is 420 ppm. That translates to 0.042%. I refer you to an article by James Hansen, Making Things Clear, Exaggeration, Jumping the Gun, and the Venus Syndrome. In order for Earth to achieve the concentration that Venus has, he is stating that this could only happen in a time scale of billions of years. I'm not going to go into the details, but... That is what he's acknowledged, and that is what he's said, and that's what he's written. But there are tipping points. Just a little bit of CO2 could cause a runaway heating greenhouse effect. Well, that's according to you, AGM, but that's not according to your scientist that uh, is very pro-climate change and thinks we have to act soon. He's saying that would take billions of years for us to achieve a temperature in in an atmosphere like Venus. And is Earth's atmosphere getting thicker or thinner? What does that matter? What are you talking about? Well, James Hansen has also acknowledged in that same article that it's the thickness, like a big thick blanket, that keeps Venus so warm. It can't cool. This is one of the main drivers. So is Earth's atmosphere getting thicker or thinner? I don't know what you're getting at. It's a CO2. That's the big deal. Well, actually, it's the thickness of the atmosphere that also is a big deal, but we won't get into the details now. And again, I refer you to what James Hansen has to say about the thickness of atmosphere and the ability for a planet to cool itself. I also want to ask the question, how many scientists are there on planet Earth? Maybe 100,000. Maybe 10,000. According to the Scopus database, 
There are more than 8 million scientists worldwide considered to be active, with 22 scientific fields and 176 subfields. So if we accept the fact that 3% or so of scientists do not believe that mankind is having any effect on warming the Earth, that means you have 240,000 scientists who are climate heretics. And it only takes one scientist to prove a scientific theory false. In fact, anyone could do it provided they follow the rigor of the scientific method. So there absolutely is not a consensus on this mankind is warming the earth if 240,000 scientists don't believe it. And there absolutely isn't a consensus of science that we're in danger of slipping into a runaway greenhouse effect like Venus. They're all science deniers. And they're not experts in meteorology and climate science. And they don't know what they're talking about. Well, I think what we have established is that the 97% scientists who believe such and such is really a meaningless rhetorical argument. We have to act. We're running out of time. Shame on you for not believing. Shame on you for not acting. Well, I might consider that if you could just answer me this simple question. How much warming is too much? Is the planet too cold or too warm right now? And what are we humans supposed to do if the planet is too hot or too cold? Is there a global thermostat that we can adjust? You are a climate denier, and we're going to do our best to keep your voice not heard. That doesn't sound very scientific to me. Was Galileo right? That Earth wasn't the center of the universe? That his observation showed, and the data showed, that Earth is not the center of the universe? AGM and Greta Thorne, my sideburger, you have failed to deliver to me the evidence that I needed to change my mind. And I would change my mind if you can give me a rigorous scientific argument that we are in danger of having a runaway greenhouse gas effect. What about the oceans rising and displacing millions, if not billions of people? What about all plant life dying and us running out of food? where we would experience a severe mass extinction event. And are there 97% of scientists that believe that we're at risk of having a global mass extinction event because the CO2 concentration could increase above 420 ppm or the temperature of the Earth could increase by 1.5 to 2 degrees Celsius? Hmm. I'm not hearing any response. Maybe it's technical difficulties. Why is this discussion and debate important? Because there are no tipping points that we have to worry about. We have hope in terms of a beautiful future. Burning fossil fuels isn't going to create a tipping point where we have a runaway greenhouse gas effect. Earth isn't going to become Venus anytime soon. So the climate activists are upset about CO2 warming the Earth, warming the oceans, such that glacial ice is melting, the glaciers are retreating, and this causes a rise in the surface level where millions, if not billions of people, are going to be displaced and have to live somewhere else. Does that make any sense? Is there any real scientific evidence for that? 
Do 97% of scientists agree that that would or could happen? And even if it was 97% of scientists agree with that, 3% of scientists of 8 million wouldn't agree with it. As I look outside, the climate looks beautiful. As I vacation around the world, the places are still beautiful. I really don't see any evidence that our planet is threatened by humankind's need to burn fossil fuel to maintain a rich existence. We can buy things that we want. There's a variety of things to have. We can go where we want. We can enjoy other people and other cultures. And we can all have the possibility of rich experiences and a rich life. I think that's wonderful. I think that's hopeful. And that's why I'm full of hope. The climate is beautiful. The environment is beautiful. And it's gotten more beautiful as I've aged through the years. You have been listening to my podcast, Does It Make Sense? Living in Fear, a podcast about finding hope.